Welcome to Episode 7 of OA on Air's Federal Insight, an O'Neill & Associates podcast. Today we bring you Chaos in the Air. OA Account Executive Ben Craig sits down with Senior Vice President and former Managing Director of the National Transportation Safety Board, Peter Goles, to ask why we've been reading about increased delays and cancellations impacting not only our nation's passengers, but the world's airlines, airports, and travelers in the recent weeks and months. Listen on for plenty of traveling tips for planning your next flights, as well as insights into how Congress may be looking to help ease continued disruption. This is Episode 7 of Federal Insight. Hi, Peter. Thanks so much for joining us today uh, on this new episode of Federal Insight, the podcast. Thrilled to sit down with you, um, tackling and, and discussing the chaos that's happening around the commercial aviation world right now. It's important to note that we aren't just going to be focusing or referring to the chaos for domestic flights or just for international flights. Uh, what we want to talk about today is the confluence of factors that have been plaguing airports, airlines, and passengers for many months now. Um, and I think many of us envisioned, at least at the end of last year, that the summer of 2022 had the potential of being some sort of renaissance for commercial aviation. Um, at least many were very hopeful for that. However, as we've started to watch passenger levels almost reaching um, back to pre-pandemic numbers, there's a number of external and internal factors that have intruded, delaying flights and wreaking havoc on travelers. So Peter, kind of the question of the day, just to get us started, um, can you help us break down what's happening right now and, and how exactly did we get here? Well, you're right, Ben. I mean, there is chaos in the air and it's, uh, it's affecting almost every uh, airport uh, in the United States and, and even the major uh, overseas air, airports, the big eight, uh, you know, Heathrow, Gatwick, uh, Charles de Gaulle, there's been chaos there uh, for the past couple of weeks. And it really uh, goes back to, to two things. You know, the airlines were really devastated by the pandemic. And in the United States, uh, the taxpayers turned over $54 billion to help the airlines get through uh, what, what went from, you know, the most busy they had ever been to nobody on planes. And in response to that, uh, while the 54 billion was supposed to pay to keep valued employees you know, on the payroll, keep, keep them in the system. So when the pandemic uh, you know, was relieved somewhat that the airline industry could again be the cornerstone of our economy. What happened was the airlines took advantage of that and used, uh, used it to offer what were pretty attractive retirement packages, particularly for pilots. And uh, there were a large number of senior pilots from virtually all the airlines that took those retirements. And of course, you know, the more senior you are in the airline business, the more you're paid. So the airlines uh, were offloading their most expensive, but also their best uh, employees. 
And uh, when travel started to gear up this spring, there were two things that were clear. One was there weren't enough employees, not enough pilots, not enough flight attendants, not enough baggage handlers, and uh, there really weren't enough airplanes either because the airplane, the air carriers parked uh, their older, you know, less fuel efficient uh, uh, airplanes, planes that they would normally might've used in reserve. So they hit the summer busy schedule, understaffed and, you know, it was ripe for a problem. Now the airlines have been blaming it on air traffic control, mm -hmm. not the case. And uh, it has been a problem uh, that the airlines have known was coming. And, uh, you know, it's, it is spread overseas. As I say, with the, the big eight, uh, overseas airports have just had chaos. And they are again, they just don't have enough people uh, to, to man the number of flights that they're handling. Uh, Heathrow is capping the number of passengers per day and other air, uh, international hubs are gonna start doing the same. So, so it's gonna be a very uh, challenging July, August and into September. Sure, sure. Thank you for that. I think it's very helpful to see some of the actions leading up as well as some of the responses that we've seen from the airlines and the airports. Um, obviously, we've heard one of the loudest groups, the, the, the passengers, the travelers. And I'm wondering um, if you have any suggestions for, for what consumers uh, can be doing about this. How can they plan, um, especially as we're looking to a few months ahead of us of these continued delays? Yeah, I think I think there are things that that uh, consumers, passengers can can do that can it, it might not eliminate the threat, but it can minimize it, and and it takes uh, a certain amount of involvement on the part of passengers that might not have been there before. For example, you really ought to book your flight before two o'clock uh, in the afternoon, if you can get the earliest flight out try not to connect, particularly if your connection is after 2 p.m. You know, with, uh, with the summer storms, they start building about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I know in DC, I counted that there were four nights uh, in the last seven in which thunderstorms disrupted the air travel mm -hmm. after four o'clock and before eight o'clock. So the first thing is <clears throat> book your flights as early as possible. The second thing is don't try to make a connecting flight after three o'clock because you're gonna run into, uh, you, you could very possibly run into to storm trouble. And you know when you're at the gate, when you're looking at it, you've got to be you know, a road warrior. You're gonna look at, if you're waiting on a connection flight, connecting flight coming in, look and see where it's, where it's coming in from. Ask the uh, the gate agent, has it left the gate yet? Make sure you have the app from the uh, air carrier on on your phone, and be familiar with it. And if you can, book the flight through the air carrier. If you're booking through third-party uh, sites, and uh, 
there starts to be problems, you will get less service than, than if you book with the carrier directly. Uh, and you know, there, there's just, uh, you really have to take responsibilities uh, for yourself. And if you see things starting to go bad, uh, move fast, you know, get on the app, start to make your changes, uh, start to reschedule and, uh, and become, and probably most important, become familiar with your rights as a consumer. You know, it was just 10 days ago that uh, a flight, a Delta flight from um, Detroit, uh, from uh, Michigan to Minnesota was oversold, which is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, most uh, carriers oversell their, uh, uh, their flights uh, by, by a few seats. This one was oversold by seven seats. And the uh, Delta started offering reimbursements for anyone who would, who would wait. Mm -hmm. uh, the final price that they paid was $10,000 per ticket. And you know, the, uh, the, the Road Warrior uh, websites are filled with stories of the Road Warriors who take advantage of that. You know, yeah. They find where, where there are uh, heavily booked uh, flights. They know they're gonna be oversold. Storms are coming. Sure. They book it, and uh, and uh, uh, and the airlines that there's no cap on what on what what they're obligated to offer you. So so if you know you don't go early, uh, you know make them pay uh, if 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 they are overbooked. And if you can re re rebook it, uh, they will they will pay you a, f a fairly handsome price. Um, you know and. If, if I had to say, you know, repeat one thing, it's book your flights early in the day. You mm -hmm. know, our system is a, a web and a, a, a spoken hub system in most cases. And the first few flights of the day are the most important for the air carrier. If they get those flights off on time, then the delays and the problems don't start cascading through their system until uh, later in the afternoon. You know, every aircraft uh, in that system is probably flown three separate times during the day. And if, if they get off the first flight 20 minutes late, by the time it reaches its third flight, it's probably an hour and a half late. And they, so they just, uh, you know, if you can get yourself on the first flight, uh, it'll go as close to being on time as possible. And then the other tip is the last flight in at night has to get in. So mm -hmm. if, if you've got to fly, you know, uh, you know, after, you know, 3 p.m. In, in the afternoon, book it after seven, because that last flight that leaves to, you know, from Boston to Detroit, it has to be there in Detroit that night because it's, they've already sold the seats and it's leaving first thing. So you'll get there. You may not get there on time, but they will get you to, you know, to, to your uh, location. So Peter, um, just a, a final question here. I'm going to ask you uh, to look into your crystal ball a little bit. Um, next year, I know 2023, we will see an FAA reauthorization. So, so we're experiencing some of these issues, analyzing um, their causes, possible solutions. What do you see uh, making its way in? Well, the number one issue 
is pilot shortages. There simply aren't enough pilots uh, in the marketplace right now to satisfy the demand. And the FAA requirement, which was put in after a tragic accident outside of Buffalo, New York, is that a, a pilot for a commercial license needs 1,500 hours of training and flight time. And that uh, most people believe is excessive. And it certainly is very expensive. And it limits the number of new pilots entering the market. And it makes, uh, you know, for instance, uh, military pilots, which used to be a source for, for the major carriers, the, the, the military branches are paying hefty retention bonuses. So, so, so that pipeline is virtually dried up. The Congress is going to have to look very carefully at the 1500 hour rule and try and figure out how they can, how they can modify that to get uh, more pilots into the queue. And uh, the European carriers do not require 1500 hours. They require far less. And in the, uh, in the European uh, system, you train to the air type, the aircraft type that you're going to fly. So you'll spend 250 hours flying a Boeing 737. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Czech pilots that I've spoken to from the European carriers just recently say that, that the trainees coming out of those schools are extraordinarily well-trained. In the US, you just have to get the hours. So you can sit there and tow a banner along the Miami beach for three hours a day. And, uh, but the question is, does that really help you become a better pilot? After about a uh, hundred hours, probably not. Uh, and uh, I think that, that there's ways in which we can, we can not compromise safety, mm -hmm. get the pilots that we need online uh, and, uh, and solve the problems uh, during the rush, uh, during the summers, if, uh, if, if we let the facts drive the argument. Great, Peter. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Episode 7 of OA on Air's Federal Insight Podcast, Chaos in the Air. This episode was recorded on Thursday, July 21st, and was produced by me, OA Account Executive Ben Craig. A special thanks to Senior Vice President Peter Goles for joining us today. If you want to make sure that you're one of the first to catch our latest conversations, newest insights, and first-hand takes from stakeholders, then please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube.